season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. the jkr podcast my name is jay shriegland and i'm the host today we continue the texas baseball series presented by evolve baseball training we've got week two coming up here today we've got another texas a&m guy 2023 commit we've got cooper strong on the show big dude absolute cannon of an arm on the mound uh gonna be going to a&m fall 2023 he's gonna be a po i'm definitely looking forward to that Today we discuss choosing MVP Sports Group as his advisors, also talk about his time with the Dallas Tigers, um, his just travel ball experience as a whole, also talk about his personal scouting report and much more. Uh, So let's dig into the episode and I hope you guys enjoy it. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have one of the top prospects in Texas for the 2023 class. We've got Farmersville native, Texas A&M commit, Cooper Strong on the show. Cooper, super pumped to get you on the show. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you? Doing all right, man. So how was, how was practice today? Uh, practice was good. You know, just, you know, quick, get some swings in, do a little fielding, stuff like that for the game tomorrow. Awesome, awesome. So one question I like to ask everybody as soon as they come on the show is – for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Cooper Strong? Well, uh, you know, I got, I'm 17. I'm a junior in high school. I go to Farmersville High School in Farmersville, Texas. Uh, you know, just right-handed pitcher, you know, corner infield, little outfield, committed to Texas A&M. You know, that's, I mean, that's, that's what I'd say right there, pretty much it. All right, all right. Uh, so, obviously, you said tomorrow you guys play around noon since it's an off day for Good Friday. But yeah. let's dig into what the, like an actual game day looks like for you since Texas, you guys actually do some practice while in school. Uh, so let's just talk about your overall game, your game day routine. Right. So game day routine, you know, our uh, our athletics for our school is during first period. So, you know, we'll get to the school, you know, usually like 730 and then like second period doesn't start till about 840. So, you know, we'll get there whenever and then. Usually, like, we go to the cages, get some swings in, you know, do that. And then we have, like, our school day, so we got to go to school. And then uh, after, like, right after school ends, you know, uh, usually me me and uh, my cousin, one of my best friends, we go hit, like, right after school and then come home, do whatever we got to do, you know, get dressed, whatever, and then be back at the field, you know, like, 6.15 usually. When game starts, like, 7.30. Okay, so how how's so this obviously this is your junior season. So how's your junior season looking? And then are you bringing back quite a bit of guys next year for your senior year? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, we're gonna. I mean, we'll lose a few key like key guys. You know, one of our best hitters, our first baseman, he'll be he'll be gone. And then uh, our second baseman uh, is one of our key players as well. who will be gone. And then uh, you know, our shortstops returning, catchers returning. Uh, most of our pitching staff or actually all of our pitching staff is so I mean I think we'll be you know just as good if not better next year yeah so you talk about your pitching pitching staff most of all of them are returning so a couple weeks ago I believe you threw a no hitter yes sir sure did so let's let's take us through that game uh what was going through your mind pre-game 
Um, and then up to that last out, what was going through your mind? Just take us through that process. Oh, man. I mean, it was, you know, just the whole day, you know, going through school. I mean, it's all I could think about. I mean, you know, it was the first district game against, you know, the, I mean, Sunnyvale, who's picked to win our district. And then, uh, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's what my mind was on the whole day. And, you know, me and my catcher, I mean, I mean, he's he's my best friend. So, I mean, we're just – I mean, the whole day, I mean, we, me and him were just locked in. And, you know, once we, we uh, got to the field real early, you know, we knew going in, like, you know, the goal was obviously, you know, go win a game. We didn't we didn't say anything about no hit or anything like that. But, you know, just as the warm-ups were going, you know, you could tell things were a little bit different. Just the whole team, you know, was pretty locked in. You know, it was a home game. So, I mean, it's cool to play in front of the home crowd then do that in front of them and then, you know, just going through the game, you know, nobody really said anything, you know, and then just kind of, it didn't really hit me until like after, you know, we were in the dugout and then, I mean, now it was, I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. So obviously looking over, just looking over your name online, perfect game on huddle. It looks like you're a pretty dominant quarterback as well in high school. Is there ever a thought that you'd possibly be playing college football as well? Uh, not really. I mean, there, I mean, for a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I, you know, I haven't played, I didn't play last year. You know, I just kind of stepped away from it, try to focus on baseball. And, uh, I mean, I love the game of football. Don't get me wrong, but you know, just to me, it just wasn't worth it. You know, the risk getting injured. And then, you know, I mean, we're just, I mean, as a football program, you know, we're, we're trying to get somewhere, but you know, I just didn't feel like it was worth my time. So with last year being your first season not playing high school football, what was that difference of being in the stands, being in that student section compared to being on the field? Uh, I mean, you know, I missed it. Obviously, I love the game. It was just, you know, it was hard sometimes. You know, I was, re- you know, there are a lot of times you know, I wish I could have suited up. But, you know, I mean, I was fine with it. I was I was happy with my decision. I was at peace with it. I knew I needed to take the time off. And then, you know, I was able to, you know, continue playing fall ball, go to Jupiter, and then, you know, play with, like, Blue Jay Scout team and stuff in the fall. So, I mean, it's definitely worth it, but there's definitely some times where I missed it. Yeah, so let's you, – you talk about Jupiter. So let's dig a little bit into your travel ball experience. Obviously, you played for the Dallas Tigers, played for that scout team. So let's dig into the Tigers first. How did you – how did you get connected with the Tigers, and uh, when was that? Uh, you know, I got connected just through, like – uh you know, just guys around the area that I'd known forever. You know, we really had uh, – I used to play, like, with Phenom when I was, uh, you know, with a small team, just kind of out of McKinney, Texas. And then uh, these are some of the Tigers guys, and we just took, like, like the core group from our team and the core group of that Tigers team and just kind of merged the one Tigers team when I was, like, 14. And then, uh, you know, played for uh, Coach Autry, who, you know, just incredible coaches – uh, you know, as a person too, he just loved playing for him. And then he he had to step away, and now I play for uh, the owner uh, Tommy Hernandez, who you know can't speak highly enough about him. So that Tigers program, they do a pretty great job at developing pitchers. Obviously, they've got Bo Burrows. I believe he's in the Tigers organization. Kopech, obviously, everyone knows that name. So with you just being an insider of the program, being a pitcher for the Dallas Tigers. What have you seen just from the inside that's kind of led to that pitching success for them? Um, I mean, I'd say probably just, you know, the way they make you go compete. You know, they kind of just, you know, let you know, like, hey, you know, they let let you know early if, you know, if you're not going to throw strikes and you're not going to give us a chance, you know, you're not going to pitch. And, I mean, they stick to that promise. If you go out there and, you know, you have 
one outing, two outings in a row where you're just all over the place, can't throw a strike, you know, they're not afraid to pull you. You know, I mean, somebody else is going to get their chance because there's, I mean, a lot of guys that want to play in that organization. So, um, so obviously I mentioned Burrells, I mentioned Kopech. Have there been, have they or any other top guys who've been committed to big schools or even drafted that came back and trained with you guys in the off season? Um, no, not really. Just cause I don't know, like, you know, during the summer, everybody's kind of doing their own thing, I think. So it's just kind of hard for everybody to, you know, schedules to line up for that. Yeah. So let's talk about the scout team a little bit. What scout team was that that you played for? Uh, Blue Jays scout team. Blue Jays. Okay. So how does that compare to the Rangers just location wise? Cause I know the Rangers scout team's also in Texas, right? Well, um, yeah, it, it was just it was ran by an uh, an area scout for the Blue Jays, and uh, you know he kind of put it all together. And then we played uh, McClendon Junior College for the game that I was at. I know there's more than there's. I think there's. I mean, a few, but just for the one I was at, I pitched against McClendon. Yeah. So can you take us through that process of how you got connected with that um, area scout um, and ended up playing for that Blue Jay scout team? Well, yeah. Um, you know the Blue Jays area scout uh, was one of the uh area code coaches so when i area code he saw me there obviously and then you know my advisor like when he found out about it kind of reached out to him and then he's the one that kind of got me into it okay so you say you, you also played at area code so what was that like obviously i hear a lot of great stories about the area code games um so how'd you get connected with the area code when did you find out you were playing and then what was that overall experience like for you oh yeah i mean area code was incredible it just you know you know, there's a lot of guys who go to the, you know, the tryout and just got the, got the email. Uh, I tried out when I was young and then, you know, didn't make it. And then well, I went back last year as, uh, you know, just an of age kid. And then, uh, you know, just went out to the tryout, you know, did pretty well. And then uh, one day, uh, it was during the summer, you know, I checked my phone after a game. And so I had a voicemail. Me and one of my teammates actually both got it. Uh, Noah Bentley. We uh, both saw we had a missed call from uh, the guy that was running it. So, you know, that was pretty cool just for me and him to both be right there and then, you know, figure out we both made it at the same time. Yeah, so um, obviously you've played for a lot of great teams. Um, your Farmers Old team, obviously you said you're competing for a district championship. If you were to look back at just some of the guys that you've played with in your career, who do you think some guys who've kind of fallen underneath the radar in terms of college ball and just um, scouts looking at them? Mm, flown underneath the radar Ooh, that's a good question uh i think one guy for sure uh our first baseman here at farmersville is named jason gomez dude can just flat out mash man and you know he's just kind of i don't know just you know just kind of one of those under the radar guys you know i don't think he's planning on playing college baseball anywhere i mean not that he doesn't have the opportunity but he's just so smart you know he's like i can't remember his gpa it's somewhere in the mid fours you know he's just incredibly smart. And so I think he's going to, he's going to A&M to be a, just a student just because, you know, he, I mean, that's where he sees his future in, but you know, he, I think he could definitely go play college baseball somewhere for sure. So with, with you having one season left uh, playing travel ball, just looking back at all these years, you've been playing all those summers, all these tournaments, what are probably some of just the favorite things looking back on it that you have um, in your travel ball career? Uh Man, I, I mean, going to Jupiter this last year, you know, just kind of that Jupiter experience was, was pretty cool. Just like, I don't know, all the golf carts, and, you know, uh, that was pretty that was pretty cool. Uh, one of the biggest moments for me was, like, when we were 14, uh, playing with the Tigers in Hoover, 
Uh, we were playing five-star national in pool play. And, uh, you know, it was just a crazy game. And one moment I'll never forget, one of my friends, uh, Harrison Rosar, like in center field, you know, we were about to – we had to – like we had to tie, either win or tie to make it in the bracket. And we were playing, I mean, the number one team in the country. And then uh, there's just a ground ball hit through the middle of the infield, and he's in center field. And, like, there's a video of it. You can hear everybody's like, oh, game over or whatever. And then he just, like, can the kid at the plate. You know, I don't know, just because that game was so hyped up going into it, you know, everybody's adrenaline was going, you know, that was probably one of the coolest moments. Yeah. So you talked about Jupiter there. Obviously, I, I'm going to assume you've been to Atlanta for the WWBA as well. Yeah. Yes, sir. So how do, how do those tournaments compare to each other? Because I know both of those tournaments are both very highly talked about in the travel ball world. So how, how did those two compare to each other? I mean, they're pretty similar, you know, it's just like, you know, it's just a little bit different just because Jupiter is, I don't know, like so much more spaced out. And then just, like, all the golf carts and stuff, you know. But, I mean, scout-wise, I mean, the, even in Atlanta, you know, there's still, I mean, obviously just scouts everywhere. So, I mean, they're pretty similar. Yeah. So, are you going to are you gonna be at the WWBA for the 17U this year? Uh, I believe so. I'm still trying to work that out. All see. right. Well, if you are, I'll have to keep in contact with you. I'll be there that week. So, I'll have to make sure I get you some podcast merch for you to wear around. Let's do it. All right. Yeah, that'd be sick. Uh, I'll let you know. Awesome. Uh, so, let's dig into your recruiting process a little bit. So, obviously, you're a bigger guy. You throw hard. Um, so, when did that recruiting process start for you? When did you start getting noticed by those D1 teams? Uh, it was my eight, like, summer going into my freshman year when I uh, say I was 14. That was when I started getting, you know, offers and stuff like that. So, so who were some of those first teams that started to express interest in you? Uh, well, the first one was, I mean, Arkansas and then, I mean, OU, really, you know, and then, you know, just talking to other people and stuff like that. Okay, so who were, what were some of those initial conversations like when those teams started to express interest in you? And then when was it that you actually got your first official offer? You know, it just kind of started off, you know, they were just trying to, you know, get to know me as a person, you know, trying to come watch me play whenever, like, schedules lined up or going to camps, stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, I just uh, – first, like, official offer was – yeah, uh, going into my freshman year, going uh, summer, summer going into my freshman year. Yeah. Okay. So when was it that Texas A and M joined the mix on that recruiting process? Uh, Texas A and M didn't join the. I mean, I t- obviously I took my time with the recruiting process, and uh, Texas A and M. Uh, you know, it was kind of weird just because you know I talked to like the coaches before like Slosh got there. You know, it was, when it was still like Childress and. Uh, who was it? I can't remember the crew. There's Oklahoma State now. But uh, Seeley. And then, you know, when they were still there, I talked to them a few times. But then, uh, you know, Schloss, uh, Schloss was a guy who offered me when he was at TCU. And then, you know, once they kind of made the switch over there, you know, went to a camp and, you know, talked to him then. And then, you know, stayed in touch and, you know, went down there for, for a visit and, you know, just kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. So how many schools did you get the chance to go take visits on? Uh, I mean, you know, I just – it was kind of weird just with COVID, you know, just like – because you couldn't really do, like, visits. Like, there – I don't know, there's probably four or five. But, you know, it was just kind of like a drive through kind of thing. Like, you know, they leave, like, facilities open and stuff like that. Just – I don't know, just because, like, with the recruiting, like, dead period during that time, you know, it was just kind of weird. Yeah. So how how did that visit at College Station? How did that 
um, propel your recruiting process and how did that compare to some of those other visits that you took? Oh, man, it's incredible. You know, just went down there, you know, the night before and then, you know, just, uh, you know, went in early that morning, you know, went and talked to all the coaches, you know, and that was, you know, you know, I wanted to find a place that I felt like home, you know, and so, you know, just, I guess, like, I don't know, growing up in the country, you know, that just kind of had kind of the same kind of vibe and then, you know, love the coaching staff, you know, I mean, I've talked to Slosh Nagel for a while, you know, and, you know, he just, you know, I mean, he offered me when he's at TCU and it seemed like, you know, you know, I wanted to go somewhere I was wanted and it seems like I, that was where I was wanted. So it just felt like, you know, everything fell into place. Yeah, so you're, you're recently committed, obviously committed sometime in March. I can't remember when that was. I remember seeing it. But what was that final thing that made Texas A&M going on top? When did you actually realize that Texas A&M was the place for you? Hey, man, you know, really when I went on that unofficial visit down there, um, you know, just kind of, you know, took everything into consideration. You know, like I said, trying to find the place that felt like home. And, you know, I've got some family down there, you know, that's going to – family that will be there. And, you know, I just, you know, went and then toured the facilities, talked to all the coaches. And the coaches played a big part in it, you know, just went down there and loved it. So how long how long did you know that Texas A and M was the place before you actually announced it all over social media? Uh, it was that it was that morning, you know. Just you know, I knew that there was a, uh, knew that there was a chance, and then uh, you know, once I, I don't know, like I knew that there was a chance I could be committing if I went, and I loved it. You know, I knew like the time was right, and then I uh, went down, and you know, I did fall in love with it. So it was, you know, I didn't announce it until game that day on the car ride home. So. You know, I mean, it's a few hours, but. So how how far is that drive from Farmersville to College Station? How long is that drive? Are your parents going to be able to make that up uh, to some games when you start yeah. playing there? Yeah, that was, it's like three and a half hours, which, you know, really isn't bad. It's easy drive. And that, I mean, that was kind of a big thing for me, too, is just, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today without my parents. You know, they've made a lot of sacrifices. So, you know, I want to want them to be able to come watch me play. So, I mean, that was a big part in it, too. I didn't want to go somewhere. Yeah, where they so, could make the trip. So Farmersville, that's northern Texas, correct? Yeah, northeast Texas. Northeast Texas. All right. Um, so with Texas A&M class of 2023, a lot of guys from that 23 class are starting to commit, starting to know where they're going. Um, do you have any pre-existing relationships with some guys who are committed to A&M right now in your class or even some other classes? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You know, I just uh, I used to play with uh, Noah Patty, who. Uh, He's he lives in East Texas, and then uh, Jet Johnston, you know, I played with him on DBAT, you know, a couple times, and uh, you know, just I mean, talked to them a little bit about it. I mean, they obviously were. Uh, I mean, Jet was the main one I talked to. He just, you know, he was trying to, you know, get me to go there too. I mean, once he found out, and then he just, I mean, he was telling me how much he's enjoyed the experience of the new coaching staff and stuff like that. So. So so let's let's dig into your on the field play. So obviously you're a pitcher and a first baseman. Uh, let's dig into your pitching repertoire. What do you throw, and then what would you consider probably your best pitch, and even maybe your your pitch that needs the most work? Um, you know, um, you throw a fastball, change up slider, and you know, uh, I'd, I'd probably I don't know. You could argue fastball or change up would be my best pitch. Uh, I mean, I feel like the slider definitely needs most work. Um, just, you know, just a little inconsistent at times, you know, there's, I mean, obviously, I mean, you can never do enough with it, but, you know, I, you could, I don't know, I would probably say my fastball, but 
you know, you could make the argument for my changeup. So are there any pitches that you want to add here in the near future? Or are there any pitches that you've tried to add and just haven't worked out for you so far? Uh, yeah, I've played around with a curveball a little bit. And, you know, just the, the hardest thing is, uh, you know, just I'm just trying to add more velocity to it. You know, it's probably something I'll try to work on this summer. Yeah. But, uh, so, you know, just trying to, you know, get a different different shape from the slider. So, so on perfect game, you're listed as a pitcher and a first baseman. So right now in high school travel ball, you're probably playing both of those, I assume. But what is the, what is the plan when you head to College Station? Are they just having you be a PO, or do they want you to play first as well? Yeah, I believe I'll just pitch. You know, I mean, two way never really came in the conversation, and so I, yeah, I think I'm just gonna pitch. Yeah. So if you if you had to if you were a scout watching your game, what would be the scouting report on yourself? We can do scouting report on pitching, and then scouting report on hitting as well. Obviously, since you're you're still hitting in your career. Right. Um, on the mound, you know, just you know, big physical guy, you know, just. You know, throws hard. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I live off my fastball. You know, I'm just kind of going to come right at you. And then, you know, if you – I mean, if you hit it, then I'm going to tip, tip my cap and say, I mean, good for you. But, you know, I'm just going to compete on the mound and, you know, I'm going to come right at you. And then, I mean, from a hitting standpoint, you know, um, you know, really, I mean, hit for a lot of power. You know, the power is there. Uh, need to get a little more in-game, you know, power sometimes. I mean, I hit for a good average, but, you know, like in BP and stuff, I don't know, the power is more evident there than in a game. So so playing in Texas, obviously, Texas high school baseball is a league of their own. You're playing top-tier talent all the time. You're playing travel ball. You're playing some of the top guys in the country. Who do you think have probably been the hardest hitters that you've faced so far in your career? Who would probably be the toughest out for you as a pitcher? You know, um, this summer in uh, – and uh, W and uh, er, where was it? It was in Florida and Fort Myers. We played, who was it? Uh, I can't remember the name of the team, but it was uh, you know, it was a team from you know, they were from all over. It was one of the national teams, and they, I mean, they had like eight SEC commits in their lineup. You know, that was probably one of the tougher games, you know, just because you know, not used to getting hit as much, and then you know, just really had to battle, yeah. So, obviously, you still have a little bit before you head to Texas A&M's campus, but what would probably be some of the biggest things you're wanting to work on before you head there um, as a freshman in 2023? You know, I, yeah, obviously I want to, you know, you know, keep getting, keep getting bigger physically. Keep, I want to keep – I want to throw harder, you know, just as I keep continue to grow. And then, uh, you know, I kind of want to, like I said, add that other pitch. So, you know, I want to get – when I get there, I want to have two true breaking balls, the slider and the curveball, and then – you know, I'll probably refine the slider just a little bit, you know, a little tighter break, a little more velocity to it. So so let's talk about your draft advisor a little bit. Obviously, before we started recording, I told you I'm trying to be an agent here these next couple of years after I graduate from school. Um, So I like to hear the mm-hmm. player side of things whenever I get a player on. Uh, so let's talk about your draft advisor a little bit. When did advisors start reaching out to you um, about potentially rep- uh, potentially helping you out throughout the draft? Uh, I'd say it was, it was my sophomore season. So, uh, you know, it was really just kind of one, uh, uh, with Washington agency who came out and watched a little bit. Then, uh, you know, really, uh, kind of stepped up a little bit more like after area code and stuff like that. So overall, how many, how many advisors ended up reaching out to you throughout that process? Uh, it was about, you know, three or four, you know, really didn't, I don't know, really, uh, only considered a couple, you know, it was, you know, just some, you know, I want to have 
one of the big things for me was like having a personal relationship, you know, with whoever, you know, made me feel like they really had my best interest in mind. You know, that was where I was wanting to go. So, so what were some of those initial conversations you were having with advisors when they like introduced themselves to you? Would they introduce themselves in person or would it be over like a text message or a phone call? Uh, some of it was over text message or like Twitter. And then, uh, you know, they'd come out in person, come watch a game, something like that. Okay. So for, for the advisors that you did end up choosing, what was it that put them on top? What was it that uh, stood out to you? Well, you know, uh, it was so uh, kind of connection through uh, the Tiger, you know, just the Tiger family. Uh, my uh, head coach, Tommy Hernandez, his son, uh, Lawrence Hernandez, who's my, who's my advisor. You know, he works for MVP Sports Agency, who's uh, ran by Dan Lozano. And so, like, when I was out in California with uh, for Area Code, you know, we went and met with Dan, met met with Lawrence, you know. They kind of set all that up, you know, leading up to it once I found out that I made it. And then, uh, you know, just having that personal relationship, you know. I've known Lawrence since, you know, before the whole, like, advisor thing. And so, I mean, just kind of knew that he had my best interest in mind. So, that was, I mean, what kind of made me choose MVP. So, so when you were going through that process, was there anything that advisor did that maybe just did not impress you at all and just got your attention in that in, in like a bad sort of way? Uh, I mean, really just kind of like, you know, short answers, you know, just not really engaging conversation, like you make it seem too businesslike. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I, I feel like you should, I don't know, be investing in a person, you know, not just, you know, like a marketing thing. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. I know most players I talk to, that's what they say is they want a personal, genuine relationship with their advisor. And they say a lot of times when they don't choose somebody is because the agent was too business like stuff like that. So that's definitely something that I hear a lot. Um, But to end off the podcast, let's talk a little bit about some of your passions beyond the baseball field. So we talked about baseball now for about a half hour. Uh, Let's just move on. Let's talk. what, What is it that you like to do beyond the baseball field? Something you like to do in your free time? Mainly, uh, you know, just hang out with my buddies, you know, we'll do whatever. We'll go hunting, we'll fish, whatever. And, uh, you know, we'll, you know, we're going, uh, me and my, I mean, good group of friends, we're going camping tomorrow. You know, we just kind of find stuff to do, whatever we can do. You know, we, I mean, we all live out here in the country. So, you know, it's just kind of, you know, whatever we can do, we take it and run with it. Yeah. So when you say you're going camping, you just go in like some type of woods that you guys have around there. Is there some, some type of like park that's close by? No. Yeah, man. We just found some woods and, you know, I mean, it's kind of like a park, but you know, it's really just like a little place that we go to and, you know, set up tents and do a little campfire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I assume obviously your hometown is Farmersville. So I'm going to assume there's a lot of like farms around that area. Uh, I mean, a little bit. Most of us, you know, just kind of livestock, you know, cattle, stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, do you live on a farm or is there just a lot of farmers around you? Uh, we, I mean, we just have cattle, stuff like that. We don't, I mean, we don't actually farm anything, but we, I mean, we just have cows. Yeah. How many, how many cows you got? I think we got 10 right now. 10. Okay. So I yeah. assume you're, that's, that, that's probably keeping you a little busy in the mornings, having to get up, feed them, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, you know, my dad does a good, I mean handles a lot of that. And I mean, they kind of take care of themselves, you know, once the grass starts growing, you know, they're not, I mean, it's really not that hard to take care of them, but you know, I mean, once, I mean, after you get it all started, you know, sometimes, you know, just putting hay out in the winter stuff like that, but you know, they're, I mean, really they take care of themselves for the most part. Yeah. All right, Cooper, I got one last question for you before we end off the podcast. So I'm a big NIL guy. I like seeing like college athletes uh, just partner with different businesses. I assume this is probably on the back of your mind. 
But with NIL out and where college athletes can make a little bit of money now off their name, image, and likeness, um, is there any businesses that you're looking forward to possibly working with when you head to Texas A&M in the fall of 2023? Uh, I haven't looked into any of that yet, no, sir. All right. Well, Cooper, that's all the questions I got for you. Um, I just want to really appreciate you coming on the show. want to thank you for that. I'm looking forward to following your career. I'll definitely be in Texas watching you play at A&M at some point. Uh, so coming on the show, man. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for having me. And that's going to do it for another episode of the Texas Baseball Series. Another great episode here today. I'd like to thank Cooper for coming on the show. Definitely learned a lot of great insight from him just overall about his baseball career and overall talking about um, his advisor selection process. So that was great to hear from him. Um, tomorrow we've got Kirsten Smith Johnson. The next day we've got Rocco Garza Gongora on the show. Both of them are Oklahoma signees for the class of 2022. Both a lot of great content coming these next couple days. Great content today. Um, just really enjoying this Texas baseball series so far. Looking forward to finishing that strong here to end this week. Um, a lot of great guys coming on. Um, if you want any more updates regarding the Texas baseball series, the JKR podcast as a whole, go follow our social medias. It's going to be at JKR underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Also, www.jkrpodcast.com. That's going to be our website. Great place to get a lot of information there. Um, so I'll catch you guys tomorrow for those interviews with the Oklahoma baseball signees. 